Welcome to In The Know With Neo, and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Joshua Moore, and for those who aren't aware, Neo is a student-led social justice initiative that amplifies the voices of underrepresented small business owners within the Cincinnati community, and we're excited to share this week's episode with you. Greetings to those tuning in to In The Know With Neo. I'm your host, Joshua Moore, and this week we have a very, very, very special episode as I have the grace of speaking with Aftab Pirival. As I'm sure you're all aware, AFTAB holds a very respected and honorable title as the mayor of Cincinnati, but achieving a feat of this measure doesn't come easy without many trials, tribulations, and surprises. So I'm excited to dig deeper within the conversation today and learn how Mayor AFTAB has used his past experiences to make decisions in the present moment, which then shape the future for not only Cincinnatians, but those around the world. But first, Mayor, it's Friday. The sun is not out, but hopefully it will come out. And I'm wondering, how has your week been and any exciting plans for the weekend? Well, first of all, Joshua, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, as you know, I'm a UC grad, so love uh, anytime I can engage with the, with, back with the university. And I also live in Clifton, so I live very close to the university as well. Um, yeah, my, my plan for tonight, I've, I've got a couple of events in the community. Uh, but tomorrow, um, I've got two young kids. I've got a three-year-old named Bodhi and an 11-month-old named Rami. And um, one of my friends told me that there's a unicorn party downtown uh, this weekend. So I'm going to take my kids there and let them, uh, let them go wild. Cool, cool. There's always <laughs> something, something fun going on in Cincinnati. That's right, so that's right. It always gives you something to do. So to give a brief background um, of how this all came about, In the Know with Neo started just as an idea last semester. Um, this is an idea last semester with the hopes of building NEO's awareness and brand through storytelling, displaying the importance of data analytics in business, and the challenges faced by minority businesses uh, with our overarching goal is curating NEO as a familiar face within the community. Um, and Mayor Aftab, from your work of the past to the current strides in office as mayor, we're elated to speak with you, um, to speak with an individual that holds the general welfare of the people of Cincinnati to such a high regard. So let's not waste any time since we do have a hard deadline. The first question I have for you is a simple one. We'll see. Who <laughs> is Mayor Aftab to you? Kind of like an elevator pitch. Yeah. And can you brief us shortly of how you landed as the mayor of Cincinnati? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start with the second question. It was a, a bit of a circuitous route. Um, I'm the, uh, the son of a refugee. My mom's from Tibet. My father's from India. They immigrated to Ohio in 1980. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I had kind of a standard Ohio upbringing uh, in, in when I was when when I was younger, and you know, look, immigrant parents are kind of known for being super hardworking because you know my parents are no exception because they didn't know anyone in this country, they didn't have any money, so they really had to work hard. And the result of that was not necessarily having as much free time to spend with my, my brother and I. But I remember um, spending uh, every evening with my dad watching the the nightly news. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was it was kind of his downtime to relax and, and rest. Uh, it was my time to just kind of sit with him and, and watch current events. I didn't really understand what was going on, but it was kind of time for me to chill with my dad. Um, and, and that paired with my mom being a refugee and how, you know, the, the status of government uh, really disrupted her life in a, in a, uh, a profound way, um, despite their real uh, pressure <laughs> for me to become a doctor, yes, yes. they kind of unknowingly put me on this path of politics and public service. Wow. But it really wasn't until, and so I was a lawyer for, for a while uh, because I, 
while I had a passion for politics, I never thought a brown guy named Aftab could ever get elected, particularly not in Ohio. Let's 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 be honest. But it, it was really President Obama who inspired me that if I had a commitment to public service, that no matter what my name was or what I looked like, I, I could achieve that. Um, and so, you know, I, um, uh, I, I, I really credit President Obama for inspiring me to do it. I'm, I'm certainly part of his legacy, and there's no doubt that President Obama is our first black president. But what, when I see him, I really see him as our first president with, a, with an ethnic name, with a foreign name and how he was over, able to overcome the misconceptions that people might have about him or you know, where he was from, um, that gave me the confidence to do it too. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm really proud of the work that we've done in City Hall, and I credit a lot of it to President Obama. That's amazing, that's amazing. It reminded me, I have a poster in my room of President Obama during his campaign, and the word under is hope, yeah. and that's just amazing that his campaign and the feats that he conquered just gave hope to all people um, into your story. That's why I love doing these conversations. You get, to get, you get to see what's behind the door as to the reasons why an individual made the choices they made. Yeah, um, and for the first question, who am I? That's, that's a hard question to yes, answer. So many titles. But in a, in a very literal sense, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the mayor of, of our city, which I'm incredibly proud of. And I'm, I'm father to two small kids and, and also a husband. And so uh, it's not lost on me that right now I'm doing the two most important things that I will ever do, mm. being mayor of our city and, and being father to two small children. And, you know, that is a daily challenge of oh, yeah. how, to, how to balance those two things and how to succeed in both arenas. And some days I do it well and some days I don't. Uh, but... Uh, but that's what I'm always striving to do. And you forgot one thing, looking good while you're doing it. So we got the, <laughs> moving on to the next question, uh, Mayor Aktab, as uh, all that we do here in NEO is surrounding and focused on minority businesses, primarily in the Cincinnati area. Um, and already in your term, you have displayed genuine intentionality in your efforts to support these businesses through the One Cincinnati Economic Recovery Plan, mm -hmm. which states, quote, investing in small businesses to get them up and running again, end quote. But what stands out to me is that your support isn't only through legislation and regulation, but through genuine strides to create fellowship, community, and relationship building. So with this, how, is import how important is it in your role to remain dedicated to both, and how do they work together to reach those various goals that are set forth? Yeah, it's, it's critically important. Um, you know, the, 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 the pandemic, which we're still in, but hopefully on the tail end of, mm -hmm. was profoundly and disproportionately uh, negative for specifically our black businesses. Mm -hmm. um, they were more likely to shutter, more less likely to get access to to federal aid and, and local aid, uh, and so it was it was already a challenging um, uh, context to be a black owner of a small business business because of systemic racism and, and so many other challenges, lack of access to capital. But the pandemic really made it even harder. And so when we came into office in 2021, we really wanted to prioritize economic growth, but specifically amongst uh, our black, black owners. And the good news is we have these incredible entrepreneurs in our community, whether it's, whether it's fashion or tech or childcare or restaurants, the black creative and entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship class in Cincinnati is incredibly talented. Uh, and so our approach to this is getting hands, getting money into the hands of people who need it most. So we've partnered with the Urban League, 
for the Lincoln and Gilbert Fund, which puts money into uh, the hands of, of black owners. We've also partnered with Represent, yeah. which is an organization that tries to sustain and build black-owned businesses in Over the Rhine to, to make sure that they succeed. But in addition to just the legislation and the, and the money, which is critically important, we've also tried to embody and lift up as much as possible the black-owned businesses in, in town. And, and by that, I mean, you know, last year when we went to the Super Bowl, maybe two seasons ago now, I was very intentional about wearing, you know, Originalities yeah. uh, apparel, which is a, a black female-owned business in Walnut Hills, uh, black-owned, of course, wearing, wearing their apparel, to not just talk about it, but to really show it off and use unique opportunities and platforms that I have to show off, you know, the, the incredible talent that we have in the city. Yeah, I think that's a f one of the main things that pointed out to me uh, just during your, during your tenure already is you're on campus at UC, you're with the different local businesses, small or large, and it just shows that you not only have like a very significant title, but you truly care about the people that you're serving. Um, Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yes, yes, always, always. So the next thing I had while I was doing research, I saw um, in the election year you ran, there were many firsts, such as, hopefully I don't get any of the names wrong, Ed Ganey. Uh, mayor of Pittsburgh, first mm -hmm. black mayor, Abdul Hamoud, uh, the mayor of D Dearborn, Dearborn, Michigan, yep. first a uh, Arab-American and Muslim mayor, Winsome Sears, the first woman mayor or governor of Virginia, and Michelle Wu was the first Asian-American woman and person of color to be the mayor of Boston. Um, and with you being Cincinnati's first Asian-American mayor, often much emphasis is placed on the first, mm -hmm. and it's a great feat, but I'm interested what do you see as the path forward to ensure more underrepresented faces have not only a, the ability, but also the belief that they too can achieve similar feats, which we kind of hit on earlier. With yeah, that. you know, I, it's, it's, it's something that I'm incredibly proud of being a first. Um, Justice, Justice Jackson, during her Supreme Court um, confirmation hearings before the Senate, really said, said it kind of perfectly, but there's a bitter sweetness to it. She said, when you're first, you're expected to be perfect. Mm -hmm. When you when you uh, are the first one through the door, uh, you can't have any any faults. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's bittersweet because, of course, we're all human and we all have faults, mm -hmm. right? And 100%. so, so in many ways, it's it's unfair for that burden to be so high for first. And I, and I'm not just talking about Supreme Court justices or mayors. You know, I talk to a lot of students who are, who are maybe the first to go to college in their family or the first to open a small business, and the pressure that they feel. Uh, can really be debilitating and can really um, make them fearful of achieving their dream. And so I'm hoping that our administration, much in the same way that President Obama paved the way for me, can pave the way and lift up other leaders of diverse backgrounds. Um, because what, what is very true is that Cincinnati is a diverse city. We, we're 44% black, we have a growing Asian and Latinx population, uh, and hopefully, we will no longer have firsts, uh, but it'll be more the norm and, and more boring, frankly, mm -hmm. to see underrepresented people take on leadership roles. That's a great point. That's a great point. And uh, Michelle Wu, in one of her uh, addresses as she became the mayor of Boston, uh, she quoted, the first is only relevant if there's a second, third, fourth, and then the door is wide open for everyone. So That's I absolutely right. That was beaconed in your response as well. Um, I also found in an interview with David Altridge, which is the opinion editor of the Cincinnati Enquirer, in response to a question, or in response to the question, what is it that made you run? Uh, you stated the several of the wrongs within Cincinnati, such as like corruption of the city hall, 
overall economic downturn um, that you sought to seek and uproot. But I wanted to focus on the second part um, of your response, which you stated, I'm optimistic about the future of Cincinnati and the future of our region because Cincinnati rises exactly when the deck is stacked against us. Um, and then you then went on to say, but when we grow, we have to make sure that the growth and that the success is enjoyed by all 52 of our neighborhoods. And this brings me to the question um, I ask on each and every episode of In the Know with Neo, but in your eyes and perspective, what makes the city of Cincinnati, especially the minority community, so special to you and many others? And I gotta add this in, I like Cincinnati more than Columbus. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> um, C- Cincinnati is such a special place because um, it's, it's a city of, of dreamers, but also doers. Mm-hmm. People who uh, don't, allow, don't allow the status quo to hold them back from pursuing their dreams. And, and as we started the conversation, we have such a strong cultural and artistic community here uh, in our city. We, we just had Blink uh, yeah, late last fun. year, one of the largest visual arts, public arts festivals in the entire world, bringing artists from all corners of the globe. We have you know, um, some incredible cultural institutions like the Contemporary Arts Center mm-hmm. that was uh, designed by Zaha Hadid, one wow. of the most well-known Iraqi uh, architects in the world. I mean, the, the, the culture that we have here is extraordinary, particularly given our small size. And so what I love about Cincinnati um, is that we are small enough to be nimble and agile and flexible and evolve quickly, um, but we're big enough to have an outsized impact. So if we test something out in Cincinnati and it's successful, we can then spread that to the rest of the world. And we've done that on several occasions. And being on the cutting edge like that, being a place that leans into innovation is really, uh, is really, really special. It's, it's my job to cultivate that and to grow it as much as I can. Yeah, and while you're responding, one thing popped into my mind is that, all the, as you mentioned, all the different areas, the entrepreneurial area, the innovation, the nonprofit, the local minority businesses, you do the things you do, all the aspects and all the pieces come in together as one, even if you're focused on one more than the other. Um, so I think that's all. That's cool how all the pieces connect. Yeah. Um, and as I was looking at the your uh, profile on the website, uh, specifically under the Meet the Mayor tab, mm. it states one of the top priorities of your administration is to create and sustain equitable economic growth for all Cincinnatians. With Neo's mission focused on attempting to close the racial wealth gap yep. through targeted economic empowerment, uh, there is much overlap there. So I'm curious, what do you see as a definition or meaning of equitable economic growth? Yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down to, to if we are growing, right, that growth cannot just be within a select few. That growth must be celebrated and benefit everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the good news is Cincinnati is growing, but some neighborhoods are growing faster than others. Some neighborhoods are seeing more investment than others. And so we still are in this situation where the successes we've had are inequitable. Mm. We are only as strong as the weakest of us, right? Um, Not the weakest because it's necessarily anything that is their fault, but because systems have been designed to make sure that they're they're in a, a position of weakness. And so when we talk about impact, in this building, we're really we're really talking about how have we moved the needle for communities who are impoverished, and and what is what are the specific things that we're trying to do in order to create impact? And for me, it's it's specifically around asset ownership, 
black ownership of homes, businesses, neighborhoods, but also black ownership of savings accounts and retirement accounts. Um, because owning a business or owning a home is not necessarily right for everyone. But everyone needs that financial freedom in order to make those choices for themselves. Uh, and so that's the lens by which we look at economic growth. Yeah, that's, that's, that's super good because that's going to be a, such an ambiguous term if you don't know the, like the underlying factors of it. Um, and you explained it in such a, a layman's term, which would be easily like conceptualized. Um, and then the next question I have, again, on the Meet the Mayor page, which I was doing my research on, um, it states under the Cincinnati Environmental Plan um, that Mayor Aftab can continue the progress we've already made and not be just a climate change haven, but a climate change role model for cities around the world, which kind of goes along with being the first. With much of this, with much of what has been done and accomplished during your tenure as mayor and what remains unfinished, um, has shown you seek to be a role model in all areas uh, for those listening. With this, I'm wondering how critical is it, especially in your position as mayor, in seeking to be a role model rather than just another passenger on the bus? It's, it's incredibly important. It's the um, whole title. You know, what, what I love about my job, and I do love my job, is being mayor is a true test of leadership um, because nothing is not your fault. Right. Even if it's actually not your fault, yeah. if you have no responsibility over it, the mayor cannot say that's not my job. Right. And so um, it's incumbent upon me to step into the void and take hard positions on hard issues. Mm -hmm. When an issue lands on my desk, I can't spin it. I can't obfuscate. I have to speak clearly and take a clear position. In many ways, I view the mayor as the moral voice of the city. Yeah. When something bad happens, people look to the mayor to understand how to react to it. When a tragedy happens, people look to the mayor to understand how to feel about it. And that, that is an incredible responsibility, but also an incredible burden to be, to be able to make very clear decisions, communicate incredibly clearly, and, uh, and not shy away from the hard issues. Now, that also means it's a hard job, mm -hmm. but... Uh, but, but I'm the only person in our government who's not just worried about, you know, four years or eight years when my term is over, but the next hundred years. Mm. What are the decisions we're making right now that will ensure that Cincinnati is continuing to thrive and grow for your children, mm. right? Uh, and that's, that's a long time horizon that gets me excited about what we're doing in the short term. That's so great. But it's so easy in the moment and in the present moment to take that stance of short-term growth but having that goal of long-term growth just shows that your perspective is really for like the overarching society, uh, time and community, which is so amazing. Um, and with, with our services at NEO being built upon, enabling our clients to make more informed and data-driven decisions, through making the powerful tools of data analytics more accessible, mm -hmm. I've noticed much of your work involves analytics and stati statistical backing, but what stands out to me personally is that um, you understand behind each statistic is a human being, whether a child, a parent, or a grandparent. So I'm wondering what experiences and learnings have allowed you to make the best of both worlds, whether it's your experience in education or just overall career path journey? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. You know, uh, um, governments are really slow to innovate um, because you have to, um, part, of, part of what is inherent in innovation is failure. Right, you, you fail over and over again, and every time you fail, you learn something to 
to help the, the iterative um, learning process, right? In government, failure is not an option, <laughs> right? So if, 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 if I were to tell you know, my, my city council, I'm not sure if this is gonna work, <laughs> but we're gonna try it, and then we're gonna learn from it, and we'll do it again. That's not necessarily yeah. confidence inspiring, right? Um, and so there is, a, there is kind of a mentality shift away from being super risk averse and against innovation we're trying to change the culture here to allow people to fail, mm. to allow them the space to fail and learn and, and try it again. Um, and in order to do that, we have to have a robust data analytics operation to inform us about where we're falling short, mm. where we need to devote the, the few resources that we have, and be able to explain our work to the community, right? So why is, this is true for small and big things. So why, why does this intersection get a speed bump but that intersection doesn't, right? We have to be able to say, it's not because this neighborhood is rich or has you know, influential people, it's because our data shows that there's more pedestrian wrecks right here on this corner than on that corner, right? Uh, and so being able to use data to cut through some of the misperceptions or, um, uh, or you know, just things that are actually not true is incredibly powerful, but it, it, it also makes sure that we're devoting our resources effectively and equitably. Yeah, that's so great, and it reminded me of my love-hate relationship with analytics. It helps you get very granular, which is then the, the difficult thing of being able to stay consistent and staying focused on the granularity which you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and as we round this up, I have one last question and then our speed round. Great. So Mayor Aftab, with being a student organization, much of our audience is made up of students, both in college and even high school. Um, I found while researching that you were the student body president during your undergraduate degree at OSU. So I'm curious, what value, growth, and memories were gained during this time? And what would you say to students debating on whether, whether or not to be involved on campus? Oh, I, I loved being involved on campus. Um, I, I went to UC for law school, but Ohio State for undergrad. And I, I, it's probably not great for me to say this, particularly to students, but I learned so much more outside of the classroom than inside the classroom. Um, I, I was involved in student government. I was involved in our dance marathon that raised money for Children's Hospital. I was even an RA, mm. probably the worst year of my life. <laughs> um, but I'm still friends with, with some of the residents that I was with. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think getting involved in student organizations helps you grow as a professional 100%. because it, it teaches you how to uh, manage it teaches you how to put on events it teaches you how to communicate clearly how to how to be a team member mm -hmm. potentially lead a team it teaches you how to run a meeting right mm -hmm. like what what does a what is an effective use of your yeah. time rather than just having a meeting that goes off yeah. the rails those are all soft skills that no matter what profession you choose you will be able to leverage and use. And, and there are things that I still use today mm -hmm. that I learned while I was student body president at Ohio State. That's so good, that's so good. Yeah, throughout my time at UC, just my involvement within the organizations has been one of the most like valuable and cherishable uh, moments. So with that, getting into the speed round. Great. Uh, another again in my research I uncovered while running for clerk of courts in 2016, you ran ads with a stuffed duck, which was <laughs> quacking your name. Honoring the nostalgic Aflac insurance commercials. That's right. So I'm just curious, very briefly, how did this come about? Because it's so great. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I am, um, I like to think that I have a good sense of humor, <laughs> and self-deprecating humor uh, always works. But, but it, was, it was very intentional because um, 
while I'm very proud of my name, uh, particularly as we talked about it earlier, um, my name is not um, is not a uh, a common name in Cincinnati, and so there it is difficult for people who have unique or mm -hmm. ethnic names to run and win uh, because oftentimes when the only thing people will see about a local candidate is their name on the ballot. And if you can't pronounce the name, you're probably less likely to vote for them. Um, and so I thought instead of changing my name or shying away from my name, let's really try to take a perceived weakness and make it a strength. And my entire life, people have quacked at me because they, they thought it was funny to call me Aflac, which, you know, I have fun with. So we, we just kind of ran with that. So every time I said my name in our TV commercial, a big yellow duck puppet would pop up and repeat it in the <laughs> Aflac so voice. So it was incredibly memorable and, yes. and ultimately really successful. Cool. I know we have one minute so we can go really quick. Yeah. If you had to choose one and the other is gone forever, would you pick the Stripes Don't Come Easy Bomber or the Hoodie? Stripes don't come easy, bomber. Okay. Absolutely, it's so dope, so dope. <laughs> Buckeyes or Bearcats? Uh, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go, go the, the middle. I'm gonna go the the team that wears red is Sweet. my favorite. That's a great answer. <laughs> Skyline or Gold Star? Skyline. I uh, saw on your IG that you completed the Mojo Sprint Triathlon. So I want you to rank these in order from favorite to least favorite. Swim, bike, run. My favorite is swim. My least favorite is run, and I'm, I'm fine, fine with the bike. Okay, last one. You've met some really cool people over the years, so I'm interested. What was the one person you met that was unforgettable? John Legend, Obama, Kamala Harris, or Aaron Sorkin? I think, I think meeting Obama was, it was yeah, obviously incredible, but we've talked about President Obama a lot. So John Legend, that was incredible. He came down in 2018 to, to campaign for a lot of us candidates, and he's an Ohio guy. He grew up in Springfield, Ohio, which is just a little bit north of where I grew up, and we're about the same age. So it was really cool kind of connecting with him on that. We, we've taken different paths, though. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet. Well, Mayor Aftab, I would have never thought I've been sitting, sitting across from the mayor of Cincinnati but as your journey has shown, all things are possible with determination, fellowship, and perseverance. So I want to say a huge thank you from all of those at NEO Initiative to you and your team for making this possible. We're beyond excited to continue following along as your journey of the mayor of this great city. Thank you, Joshua, for having me. I really appreciate it. And that's In the Know with NEO. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you're interested in learning more about NEO's mission and vision, Follow us on social media at Neo Initiative or visit our website at neocincy.com.